0: hello and welcome to bad songwriter podcast i'm your host anna holmquist today we're here with dan from adeline hotel and sam from minor moon how's it going
1: it's going good
2: it's going great anna thanks for having us
0: we're testing out two people on the podcast at the same time which is pretty exciting these two started writing bad songs together a really long time ago I'm excited to hear your bad material.
1: We're excited to share our worst with you.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. I'd love it if you could both talk a little bit about when you first started writing music. Sam, you want to start?
1: So I think that the very first song that I ever wrote with words, besides like, I guess I was like writing songs as like a little kid, just like little rhymes. I had this one song as a very... It's like a five-year-old about be being a banana. It's like I'm a banana. <laughs> that was it. That's, that's true. That's it. <laughs> and there was like I sort of did like an Egyptian dance with it. And my mom made me do it like all the time. You know that like walk like an Egyptian dance.
0: <laughs> right. <clears throat>
1: didn't didn't age well, but no. It was it was cute, and I was not conscious of cultural politics right. of the of the day. Um. Anyway, so. The first song that I wrote with words like a song song was was I think with Dan in 7th grade mostly in my basement as I remember. We were listening to a lot of emo music. Dan was playing in a Dan was playing in a band called Blind Spot, right Dan?
2: Yeah, in 6th and 7th grade. So like
1: Right. So yeah. you were you had I was like playing the guitar. I just started the guitar like a few months before. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put it down. I was like I just wanted to play play with Dan. Dan was cool. We are like new friends. We like started writing this song that turned into this song called "Courtside Seats to Your Self Destruction." No, nope. called in, in that the was audience. the that was the chorus. The song is called "In the Audience," yeah, and the chorus was "Courtside Seats to Your Self Destruction." Very dramatic.
0: Very, very and then
2: dramatic. the next line was "On the Edge, Wait for Your Eruption." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I so, still don't know what that means. But no. um, we, I think. <laughs> and it's one of the maybe the only songs that we actually like wrote lyrics together too
1: i know we i remember doing it a bunch like i remember there was a song because we this is the first song we wrote together and then this band started in seventh grade had many different names over time and we played we played in this band all the way through like freshman year of college basically mm-hmm. and even like played like after freshman year of college
0: wow that's so long
1: yeah, yeah, we like yeah. really grew up together musically, from the from the beginning. But oh yeah, we did write some songs like as a band, like write the lyrics. I remember we wrote one song that was an acrostic poem. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the and the acrostic poem was I, I forget what it. I honestly forget what it spelled out. But we all we were just like, let's just like. I wish I remember because it was probably something dumb and silly, and mm-hmm. like in like eighth or ninth grade. And it would just had a bunch of like nonsense, like words that sounded meaningful, like sounded like rock and roll, like emo-ish lyrics.
2: Had like a had like a reggae beat. Yeah, and it yeah (laughs) like didn't like. I feel like musically and lyrically, like we didn't necessarily line up. Like we were very into like. I remember the the acrostic is out there, right? That's the name of the track.
1: Uh, yeah 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 and the and the acrostic was cracking voices yo yeah because yeah. we our voices kept cracking
2: <laughs> yeah yep yeah.
1: and yo the yo was to make it like an even like div like probably 16 lines i right. guess of course um i feel like i'm like i'm like lifting up my bed and i'm finding something gross underneath <laughs> it right now it's kind of cute though
0: It is cute. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's sometimes where I have, like, these, like, recovered memories of, like, things I created. Like, I'm not, like, thinking about this kind of stuff all the time. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, like, that's a thing that I did and created and, like, was very into.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it was cool because listening back before to prepare for this is, like, when you're, like, a couple years out from something and you've, like, grown from it, it's, like, at least for me, I'm like horrifyingly embarrassed. I'm like reflexively want to like dismiss it. But like now we're like so far from it that I can sort of be like, well, that was cool for being 13. Like, I like the ambition of what we did was like kind of interesting, even if the execution was not all the time.
1: Yeah, definitely like more appreciation, less cringe, the further back it is, I think.
2: I was shocked to find that some of these songs, I feel like the tendencies and the tricks are like still in my DNA and are like too relevant to like the music I'm currently making and it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: that's like one of the nice things about doing this podcast and like looking at old stuff because I I definitely remember that there were like points I think when I was in college I like went through a period of being like very horrified by anything I had written or created when I was younger and like regrettably like threw out all of my middle school and high school diaries in like a fit of rage and now I'm at a point where I'm like I wish I had those like I have so much more compassion for like you know me as like a 14 year old like obviously I'm not writing like something amazing in my stupid diary about like my crushes like that's okay I don't need to be doing that it's just like a diary for me so it's nice to be able to look back at these things and see seeds of things I'm creating now, like you said, and then also just, you know, sort of laugh at yourself a little bit and be like, "Oh, I was so innocent when I was younger."
1: <laughs> yeah, I I also think part of like like what we're talking about is like th- this is like we've developed a lot through it from from age fourteen to age nineteen to age twenty five to to now. Part of growing up, in my experience, and I. I know Dan's as well as like taking things a little bit, like learning how to like taking things a little less seriously in certain ways. Those early days, were like when writing a song was, it was like really playful because we were like so dumb and so like in ninth grade, but like, <laughs> but I think, but maybe a little bit later it got like, it got like very serious. These are my thoughts and my feelings with a capital, with like capital letters. And like, I think now it's, learning how to communicate, it's a, it's like much more nuanced and it's like, there's a lot more play going on with, I know with what I do and I've seen also like with what a lot of what Dan does too. Would you, would you agree with that Dan?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like then, but even like more recently until like probably the last year or two, I, I feel like there's this impulse all the time that, like, every song that you're writing has to be, like, the greatest song ever. You, like, write this, like, amazing song that's, like, I don't know, two and a half minutes long. And you're like, okay, but, like, what if I did this really sick, like, bridge coda thing that's, like, another three minutes? And it's, like, it's cool, but it doesn't always need to happen. And I, I feel like I I've just worked hard to be less precious. So, like, I don't know, like, Good Timing, the record I released earlier this year is, like, I don't know, that's just, like, how I play guitar at home, and then it became a cool record, and people soon to respond to it, and, like, I wasn't precious about it, and that was the first time I was, like, oh, like, not everything needs to be, like, the greatest thing you've ever done. In fact, it might actually be better if you, like, don't think that way all the time, but at the time that we were making the music we're about to listen to, I feel like we were deep in that, like, Use every trick in the book. Like, just learn this cool thing. Like, this jam needs to be as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> the most dynamic range imaginable.
0: <laughs> totally. Well, but let's get cool. into it. But that's cool. I like it. Yeah. yeah, let's get it. Let's listen. Let's let's hear this.
1: Yeah. So the band that the by the time this came out, the band had been called the Direct for many years, and uh, this was like senior year of high school that we wrote and recorded this. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote the the words to this one, melody, mostly, and it was about like spirituality and like, is there a God kind of thing, and so uh, kind of the same stuff you're writing right now. Yeah, different <laughs> but di- yes and <laughs> but yeah, de- I mean definitely, like definitely still like feeling and encounter kind of exploring the same stuff, but um hopefully with a little bit more uh, a little bit more wisdom.
2: <laughs> yeah for the song we're about to hear I, I i remember i got um god i don't even know what they're called and i still play drums in bands so that's how much i know about things but like i got <laughs> these, rototoms i got those like s- sticks that are like groups of oh, smaller, hot, rods. hot rods there we go and <laughs> i was like i'm gonna use them because like it's gonna be cool and jazzy like that's
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah this this song does feature it's called divinity and it features some some newly learned jazz chords love it which we we're going to we're going we're gonna to hear them once in a while when it comes out strong and a We're listening to a lot of like dispatch at the time, mm-hmm. I think, and like, or maybe a little earlier, but a lot of like weird vowels, very like dispatchy vowels.
0: Yeah, I can hear that. How did you record this?
1: Well, we won. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we. <laughs>
2: wow. We um, (laughs) Um, we won a battle of the bands and the prize was a
1: recording session. (laughs) Hell yeah! (laughs) Yeah, so this is this is a studio recording. Yes, we had like we had a date and we recorded like four songs, like all the way through or something. Did some overdubs. Oh yeah, no, this is an incredible experience. I was like, you know, we were really young to be like, in there with just an engineer and... Singing so hard. <laughs> Listen to me, I am 18 and I have feelings.
0: Jam, what kind of shows were you playing around this time? Where were you playing? You did a battle of the bands. Were you doing a lot of things like that?
1: Yeah, we did a battle of the bands at the West Hartford Connecticut JCC, the Jewish Community Center in the big auditorium there. It's pretty sick. And um
2: <laughs> don't forget we did, um we, Panera Bread when we did, we played a nice set and then someone called for an encore but we'd already shut the pa off so we tried to reset everything up and it <laughs> was like feedback oh, no. <laughs> so everyone left yes yeah, you know mortifying. what i was just what i was just thinking is so like you have the song and then the tempo slows down and like we just played music together our whole lives and we just recorded that in a studio and it sounds Fine. Whereas now, if we were making a record, we're like obsessed about like, all right, we're gonna grid the click track to here and then like switch yeah. the slower. And it's like, we just did it. It was cool. I don't know.
1: I don't know if I can play guitar like this anymore.
2: I still play drums like this, like sloppily
1: and bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, dig doom. That's great. <laughs> oh, you, you know what? There's there's this great MIDI piano right here.
0: Oh wow! There it is. So good.
2: It's yeah. It's interesting now because like when you make records, like we're sort of producing them more or less. Mm-hmm. Whereas like these things like. You're completely at the whim of the aesthetic of, like, this faceless engineer that you don't know. and Totally. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea what, like, recording music was before we made that song. And, like, it sounds cool. It's a really weird vibe. And, like, the (laughs) the you know. um, But there's something in there, I think.
1: I hear it's, like, so much stuff that... Like, the first time I heard this after, like, a long a long, long like years long hiatus i was like oh my god like i hear so much stuff that i that i do in like my writing still but like it's it's hard to describe sometimes like what what's still going on but and also some of it is like remembering what i was thinking about a little bit when i wrote it like music like oh i want to have a chorus that's like like nice and sunny because this song is so like contemplative and mm-hmm. that would be cool and i will do that you know, and like, I still have that thought, that exact same thought. Like, oh, it'd be nice to like pair something like the pretty heavy with like something upbeat and really you know accessible. I think it really same thing.
2: It really, um, it does kind of capture where we were, what we were like listening to at the time, because I feel like we were transitioning from this sort of like really into emo and middle school, like really into like roots rock, like bullshit, like early, and then like. <laughs> We just got. I just got so into Wilco. Like that's all I wanted to listen to is listen to Wilco. <laughs> right. And then that's sort of what we did. And Sky Blue Sky came out when we were sophomores, and like we listened to that so much together. And I feel like you can hear it in that
1: track, you know. Definitely. I actually for I forgot. Wasn't it junior year when that when Sky Blue or did I, maybe I just didn't listen to it until junior year. Yeah, you're right. So much Wilco, but like we didn't really we didn't really know how to do. We I didn't feel know like how to do who, it. We, no. We,
2: no. We like wanted to learn. And we, yeah.
0: <laughs> you both had the intention of Wilco in the music you were making.
1: S- sort of. <laughs> and also Chadwick Stokes from Dispatch. <laughs> and also like nascent Red Hot Chili Peppers like in our bones. You know, maybe me. Maybe that was just me. But <laughs>
2: Well, and Andrew. Yeah. Andrew, the bass player. Oh, yeah. Player, he loves Red Hot Show. <laughs> uh, I could have said loved, but I'm going to go with loves, and I hope he listens to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. You also each have brought one track, one older track of your own to listen to, so we should get into that.
1: This song is called Please Intervene, and I wrote it. I I think I wrote this in my junior year of college when i was in college i like we were doing this band thing that you just heard and that was like really important to us and we all went to college we kind of like dispersed a bit i like kind of got away from songwriting i was in an acapella group which was intense and weird and not cool and i whatever i got i got lost i got i was just focusing on other things and then i mm-hmm. Kind of like I came back to songwriting I like I literally like made time for it after my sophomore year I quit things and I like this was the first thing that I like wrote that I felt like proud of at the time or like that I like finished like like wrote for long enough that I finished and it was also around this time that I thought it'd be cool to l- listen to this one because I was putting on these house concerts my junior year in like with my friends and inviting like one or two, touring musicians that we like sort of knew to come and play it was like it was a really cool vibe it turned into this like series and that we did for like two years and it went on at that house after we left it was it was it was really nice and dan came and played a bunch of those dan and i had kind of stopped playing music together for a while um for a couple years and then like especially our senior year he came to um to boston where i was in school and like we we played a bunch again so that was this was kind of the beginning of that of that era song is called please intervene and it's another example of trying to stuff everything into one song (laughs)
2: <laughs> both, both of our tracks from this era have like those double-tracked vocals.
1: Yeah. Which Where do have? you think that was from?
2: When we were so into Fleet Foxes, dude.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear that.
2: You know what I mean? For sure,
1: for sure. Not only really think of like those as having double-tracked vocals, like on the harmonies for sure, but I feel like the doubled lead.
2: Yeah, I mean your song is mu- has much more of like a cool like Elliot Smith double track vocals. Mine is like really. Oh yeah, mine is really tasteless, which we'll hear in a <laughs> <now, but>, second. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Well, there's some very Fleet Foxes harmonies here. Yeah. Anyway. Definitely yeah. I, I like I loved Fleet Foxes and Bon Bear so much it hurt. It hurt my heart at this time.
0: Oh yeah, S- same. Around that around that time when they were both like real big, I was deeply into it. Yeah. And now I just like for, like no offense to them. They're great, but like sometimes I just forget that I like had that phase. I feel like there's musical phases of my life where I'm like deeply into a, a musician and I just forget about it now. Like Coldplay, I was very into Coldplay and Snow Patrol. Oh, for like, sure. Heavily, heavily. Snow yeah. Patrol. I was, yeah. so, I, one time I went and saw a tour where Snow Patrol and Coldplay were playing together, and it was like so huge for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'm i happening
2: pretty sure.
1: I'm pretty sure this is a djembe that Andrew, oh, the, the bass player from the direct, who also, like, we are very, is very much a part of who we are and we talk every day um this is his djembe i think
2: so yeah. Andrew, so sam and i co-run this record label called ruination records but andrew mm-hmm. our our third friend is really the heartbeat behind it all and he plays He's bass. the drum
1: he's the djembe beat behind yeah the <laughs> <laughs> he
2: um he plays bass in, in my band but um Definitely a guy who has a djembe around, you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah. Also, well, he, that was,
2: that was wait, so I, I just gotta say, that was a really sick, like, David Crosby harmony that you just did. Though. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I stand by that. I stand by it. Oh, here comes a n- completely new song that just started in the middle of this song that I had to put in. It's the coda. No, yeah, the, Andrew didn't have the djembe because I had I had it for like, two years in college so
2: i'm not sure you needed to like did you want us to know that do you want people to know that you had a djembe that you stole i think i think people
1: i think that you know he he let me have it he was like you should you'll use this better than i will he never said that (laughs) i think we have some percussion coming back uh
2: how did you record this
1: with a here it is.
0: <laughs>
1: In GarageBand with like a the blue snowball microphone. Oh yeah. Just one track, one track at a time. So there's were, a little you, um. You recorded this. Yourself. Oh, there's a little shoebox on here. I put like I ran my hands oh, over a yeah. shoebox.
2: That's
1: pretty cool. I, was, I felt like it was a good idea. I was watching a Neil Young concert last night and they were doing Harvest Moon and they had somebody on stage with a with a broom. And, like, contact mics on the floor.
0: I love that.
1: So, basically, I should be in Neil Young's band.
0: Yeah, that's what that means.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, there's some... Oh, my gosh. Wow. This is crazy. You just... You just get really... Lost in like the headspace you're in a long time ago.
2: The faded chimbe just... is really yeah, and cool. there's like
1: some like extra like. Yeah. i
2: that
1: feel I mean, I stand by that song is, is not good in a lot of ways. I actually think
2: it. I think it kind of was. Like I, i when I said was, I didn't mean like, it used to be cool or I used to think it cool. Like I enjoyed it just now. I didn't really remember it. I didn't listen to it before, even though I've seen you play it. Um the guitar is really cool, and the it didn't have the really djembe,
1: cool. didn't have the djembe in the live solo version. So I think that right, means true. that the djembe was the secret, the secret sauce.
0: Yeah, yeah, in I the think shoe so. Box. I th- I think it was enjoyable. I think that was an enjoyable tune.
1: I stand by. It. There was I could have definitely used more um, cringeworthy music, but that one felt like a really strong moment because it was like this first, right? The first like new song after like taking a full like 20 months or something off of songwriting like or just not doing it, not taking it off i was like just doing other things and and then Dan and i were really starting to play again and i like it was a really cool time and I, that feel that song very much like feels like the biggest like the the brightest spot of that moment
0: hell yeah all right should we listen to your track Dan
2: all right um basically same time really like i think i wrote it sophomore, junior year of college. I, too, was very into Fleet Foxes. I think you'll hear that momentarily. There's, like, some nice finger-picking guitar, but then with, like, some very, like, Ren, Renaissance fair guitar harmonies kind of thing. <laughs> um, I mean, Where did yeah. that come from? Uh, but I, I picked this song because I recorded it in three different I think i recorded it three different times this is the first time and i recorded it with andrew who we just mentioned Um, Mm -hmm. we were home on spring break and we recorded it at a studio together i think he's playing bass and i'm guitar singing and drums and yeah just what i was saying earlier about like being at the whim of like some random engineer's aesthetic like there are some things on here that are so out of character for me that i'm like how did this happen but um, I recorded this again with a band I had in college and I remember sending it to Sam and he called me and I, I felt bad at the time, but he was like, I don't think this sounds like you. I think you should do something that's more true to yourself. Cause it was like, had this guy who was like really good at jazz and was playing like jazz solos and he's like, this doesn't feel like you. So then I re-recorded it after I graduated. I said that? Yeah, but you were right. And then I recorded it again and the next time oh. I recorded it you sang harmony on it. Um, oh, and it was, wow. Yeah. So it's... I well, I remember like doing that. Yeah. It traced my my own progression, so I thought it'd be a good one. Um, at the time, it was called Wind It Goes. It was very, like, very fleet foxes. <laughs> it actually changed the second incarnation of it. The n- temporary name was Adeline Hotel, which became my band name. So, yeah.
1: The song goes deep.
2: Song goes deep on uh, my self mythologizing. So and, yeah, and we go. the wind,
1: <laughs> the wind it goes. Oh God! All right, let's just get it over
0: with. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't you go in the morning, I'll find you
1: there. <laughs> you were right about the double track.
2: I know, it's terrible. Sleep would, ne- like, would never do that it. It's kind of
1: vibe, though. It is. Yeah, you know, the guitars. Multi track guitars.
2: Go. Yeah funny because I really don't sing like this at all anymore Um,
1: this is good I like this I mean I also like know this song really well it's really bringing back so many memories (laughs) yeah it's funny cuz we used to we we played this a bunch together in New York after you moved there
2: yeah cuz like when I first started playing out after I moved to New York It was always kind of a revolving crew. So when Sam would visit, he would sit in. and Yeah.
1: I think I probably played this.
2: Oh, you definitely did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But that was like probably what, 2013, 14?
2: Yeah. See, like what I couldn't figure out when I listened back is like, where is this tremolo coming from? Because I didn't even like own guitar pedals
1: at the time. And you're playing drums, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, and I was I would sing that harmony part. I know for sure. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard that I didn't listen to this at all before this. Nice David Crosby (laughs) harmony. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how similar in tone both of these tracks are that you brought, that are your like separate things.
1: And we did we didn't coordinate really at all. I like the tram guitar. No, it's cool actually. I think you could use a few fewer cymbal crashes here. Oh my god, it's so it's <laughs> so heavy. <laughs> la, la.
2: Like a well across the morning sun. La, la. Yeah, there's so much in here that I I feel like I still do a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's actually like. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm losing. I'm. Keep listening. Oh. Like that,
2: for example. Well,
1: it's beautiful. I mean, like. You didn't invent that. No, it's true. That's that's a sick. The next track in my iTunes was another old Same. song that I thought about bringing, and I just had like such a. <laughs> Mine
2: was oh god! Song.
1: No wait! No one else can hear that. <laughs> oh oh yeah. my god!
0: How would you say? I mean, you've talked about this some, I guess, but how would you say your songwriting process processes each have changed over the years?
2: That's a good good question. Yeah, it's funny talking about it with Sam too because I think like we have such opposite processes in in a lot of ways. Like I'm like always writing and always writing quickly and like I'm very much like first thought best thought. Like I if I think too much about something or like any song I try to hammer to death over months like just ends up being thrown out. Like I I can't work that way really. And like you're I've always like looked up to how meticulous you can be and like willing to like push material further. Like, I, I feel like sometimes I'm a bit lazy about that. I don't know. You feel free to wait if you'd like.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and yeah, I, I would like the jealousy runs both ways, like, because the idea of like being able to sit down and like write us basically write a song in like an afternoon, which you must have done like many times.
0: Like, you sit down and, like,
1: the song is done, like, a few hours later. Right. And, like, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever in my whole life done that. And, and yeah, I'm just, I'm jealous of that, that much, like, kind of trust in your own process, like, that first thought, best thought thing. Just like, I don't have enough good first thoughts, or I just don't, like, allow my, my first thoughts to flow well enough or. I like get, I get caught on some detail. I don't know where it's supposed to go. And I just keep playing. I just like loop part of my process. And it's been true probably since around the time that of that song we listened to before. So I just loop the same thing over and over and over again. Like I find stuff that just like, I can't stop playing. And that's what becomes the seed of a song a lot of time. And then like it, it kind of grows out from there. And I don't think I was doing that in, in high school. Like, in the direct time because i I wasn't like i wasn't playing anything interesting enough on the guitar to do that yet Um, yeah
2: but i what i what i love about like watching your progression is that like because you're willing to push stuff a little bit deeper like you just you tend to unlock stuff that like is just so unexpected like even i mean even the track we listen to like okay like it's just a you know we do like a dramatic tempo change but like You're always, like, seeking more. And, I yeah, I feel like I don't have the discipline to, like, seek. And so, like, especially, like, your new record, like, you know, Tethers. Like, I just, there's such a a thoughtfulness to it that I just admire and, and always have, really.
1: This is so interesting. Like, your most recent record, Good Timing, it's a very seeking record. It's like, but it's just, instead of, like, a song having like, you know, four different movements that like take you to a bunch of different places. Like you're really seeking within this, like kind of singular with this singular voice and in this like space and finding all of these different, like little tide pools and eddies within like that, like sing that, like one flow. And that's like, there's like a kind of patience to that, that I think, and like attention to detail and like delicateness that, is just as valid, you know, and just as, like, worthwhile. And I don't know, I th- it think it resonates just as much.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the coolest thing about that fact that our processes are quite different is that, like, I mean, you play in other people's bands. I play in other people's bands. All of our friends play music, by and large. Like, creative competitiveness can be so unhealthy but it can be so healthy too sometimes and i i feel like somehow like we've been playing music together for like almost 20 years and i feel like it's always been a really fruitful thing to have like you'll get a little better at guitar and so like i'll be like i'll hear it and i'll be like i need to get better like i'll write a song or make a record and then you'll go and do i i just feel like we were pushing each other in this really sort of healthy way and it was never like yeah, there was never like any bitterness around it. It was so nice.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I would be making or I, I don't I don't know what I would be doing, but like if you hadn't gone and like started doing studio stuff in college and then after college, I don't know if I would have had like the courage to be like, I gotta try that. But as soon as you did I was like, I gotta try that <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and and that big became stuff that became what I like I'm totally dedicated to you now. And that's that's deep.
2: Yeah, like when you when you let me sit in with Minor when I like came to Chicago, maybe like 2016 or 17, like I was like, "Oh, like this is what a band who like practices
1: <laughs> sounds like." I was like, maybe,
2: "Maybe I should get one of those." You know what I mean?
1: Right, cuz you were like had this rotating cast. Yeah, and
2: like I'm yeah. It was it was just like I learned so much from from the way that like just from the work that you guys are willing to put in on arrangements like i feel like i've always been like song written it it's done like i arrangements were such a second thought for me and you really taught me to think about arrangements more
1: so all the good arrangements on adeline hotel records particularly <laughs> solid love which is a masterpiece of arranging you can just thank me for that Yeah,
2: (laughs) you you didn't keep me putting in the credits. I'm putting you in the credits.
0: I think that's so true. Like, I feel like I've learned so much from just being in other people's bands and seeing the way that they lead bands and seeing the way that they write and like being in the studio with people and like sort of seeing how their mind is working. Like, I feel like it's opened me up to like ways of creating music that I like never would have just conceived of by myself, but like playing with different bands I'm like oh you can like do it this way oh you can like make a joke song into a real song if you wanted to or like you know I feel like I've worked with people who are like super loose and I see the value that can happen with that and I've worked with people who are like really really meticulous um yeah I think it's like been I've it's been an incredible like resource for expanding my own songwriting because like for years I just did it alone I like grew up in the middle of nowhere Wisconsin basically and I like sort of played with a couple of people but I wasn't in any like real full band basically until I moved to Chicago in like 2011 and then once I started like being in bands that were like actively playing shows and doing things and and recording I was like oh wow there's like this whole other world
2: Yeah, that's so cool. I it's really cool to hear you talk about that. That resonates with me a lot. I feel like when I started playing with other people, I yeah, my everything expanded somehow. Yeah.
1: Well, and we we had done what things one way in like that like the direct that high school band that sort of started started it all for us. Like that was that was the main band that I like took seriously for a long, long time. Like I did a little bit of stuff in college with other people, but it wasn't until like I got to Chicago even like, I guess I was doing some stuff with, with other in- people in Boston too, like right after college. But like, it wasn't until I was playing in several different bands and not just leading my own that I like felt like I had, I wrapped my head around like what music making like what I could strive for. Like I didn't, I, and I'm still like figuring it out. Things are always changing. This year has been a complete reordering of what my concept of music making is and can be. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Playing with other people has been always such a huge thing. And I, I don't know. I think that it's a real valuable, it's really valuable, like founding thing for us that we started in a collaborative space. I don't, I don't know a lot of people who have that. Um, I think it's really special. Yeah,
0: I think it's pretty rare, especially for it to go for so long. Too
1: long.
2: Yeah, oh, no, I'm just kidding. And it's it's <laughs> crazy because I, yeah, I feel like it's hard sometimes to collaborate with other people because, like, I just expect that there's this level of like camaraderie that doesn't really exist when you're playing. other people's bands all the time like i mean sometimes it's just like a musical connection not a personal one so like this has been very lucky and and to have you know the third member of our high school band andrew be my you know my like day-to-day musical collaborator here in new york and it's it's a special thing and it i think we're all lucky for it but it also like makes collaborating with other people so strange like you expect a level of like uh telepathic communication because that's what you're used to but it's it's just not always there
1: yeah it's like it's like how they say like if you have a really good mother then <laughs> you will never be satisfied in in your heterosexual marriage a hundred percent
0: It, it really is a thing. There's just some people. I've like been lucky enough to experience it a few times. I feel like, but there's just some people where it's just like you're vibing like on a creative le- level that is not something that you have to say out loud. You don't have to explain like what you're going for. Like, there's like people in my band Esther who like I'm very lucky to work with the musicians I work with. But like, I feel like they inherently like understand what it, like the vibe I'm trying to go with my music. Whereas in the past, sometimes I've like tried to play with other people and they're not really on the wavelength and I don't know how to put it into words. Um, Or I've been writing a record separate from Esther with my good friend Rami Atassi, who I met while we were playing in the Curls together. And we did a lot of collaborative writing with the Curls. And so we wanted to, to continue that. And so we, the way that we're writing is we bring very small ideas into the studio and just write it all there. Like I sit there and write the lyrics and melody and harmony in the studio and we're creating loops and beats together. And I also feel like there's something about that like particular songwriting connection that is like, those are the kinds of songs I would never write alone. And it's only because I'm able to like work with Rami that I'm able to create those because there's something about the way that we're working together that like, is this creative space for us to create these things together, and like that feels like very special too. Like being able to create something that's like that wouldn't happen without the other person. That's like not the type of music that you would be making on yeah, your.
2: Yeah, for sure. That. I want to hear that. It sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> It'll come out eventually. <laughs> sick.
1: Um, well, Jan and I were just talking the other day about like wanting to write something more collaboratively. We've been talking about it for a long time, but um, I Mm. feel like we're, you know, we both, like, like used our own voices a lot recently and, like, been really proud of that but are a little bit, like, you know, seeking seeking a different voice that maybe is a little bit more contingent on what someone else is bringing and um, so relevant to what we're talking about right now. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think it just is, like... And that, again, like, teaches me so much about songwriting. Like, sitting there and being like, okay, we're, like, creating this thing together. Like, it's great. It's fun. I love going into something not really knowing how it's going to work or, like, how to do it. And, like, exploring something new with somebody else instead of, like, doing my same old thing. Like, I love doing my same old thing and I'm going to keep doing it. But it's good to have, like, other outlets too. Wow. Well, what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been enjoying?
1: I've been listening to the Buck Meek record from earlier this year that just like, Mm -hmm. I just think is an absolutely brilliant record. Um, And like really such a, like an awesome exercise of capturing like a particular moment. Um, And there's like a lot was recorded, like really live um, and like with a really specific set of musical voices. It's not exactly meticulous because it's so live, but it's also like very, these are people who like are really listening and just like really knowing what the choices they make are gonna um, what they might mean and maybe what and maybe also open to like the idea that this will take on something different and i just i feel really inspired by by that approach that that book and that band and andrew sarlo like came up with really into that and then the uh, the, the one other thing is i listened to this record recently um, Rob Mazarek and Rob, um, Thomas, Rob, Rob, Thomas, Rob, <laughs> Rob Kelly. Emma I mean, Kelly. not Rob Kelly, Emmett Kelly. Emma Kelly. Yeah. Rob Kelly is this guy from college. Um, I keep doing that. <laughs> I, call, I keep calling Emmett Kelly, Rob Kelly. And I should, I messed up his name. Cause I haven't really like listened to Emmett Kelly, even though he's like Chicago mm-hmm. God. Um, but Dan was showing me some, some other Emmett Kelly stuff. And that Rob Mazurek record was like uh, one of the most out things I've ever listened to. And I like, I will come back to it. It was like, but that one just like really last week, I like really sat down with it for some reason. I was like in a weird headspace. I was like, I want to listen to this weird record. And it just blew my mind open. So that that was, that, that record is called um, Alien, Alien Flower Sutra. That's off International Anthem. Really out, crazy record that just. Mind, mind bendy.
2: I don't, you know, I've really been struggling to like get deep in music lately, sort of throughout COVID, like at the beginning, I was just listening Mm -hmm. to like a lot of nostalgic comfort food, like, you know, listening to like Elliot Smith and Neil Young and just like feeling good because I knew that stuff. And then I sort of was, I don't know, I've just been listening to a lot of not like songwriter music, which I usually listen to a ton of. Like getting a little bit more into jazz, but this record I just found on Bandcamp, I've been listening to it like every night this week before I go to sleep. It's called Between by Setsuro Murakami, and I don't know anything about it. Uh, someone just posted it on Twitter, and I listened to it, and it was amazing. But it's like sort of like ambient piano with like beautiful electric guitar, um, and then I've been listening to this band. A lot over the last couple of years called the National Park Service, which I also don't really know anything about. He's like not really on social media. Doesn't like play shows, um, but just like beautiful, long like instrumental pieces. Um, and yeah, it just feels really good to me right now. And I'm obsessed with the new Daniel Romano record that came out, even though it's like his twentieth record of COVID. And he has a new one like every day. But I think this new one is actually like really good and stands Wait, up. What is
1: the what is the new one?
2: It's called uh, I don't think
1: Kissing the Foe. I don't I know. The bass don't... playing is so
2: good on it. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, those his two records that came out like in 2018-19 were also just like, you can do that?
2: yeah i know like, like
1: so cool
2: i don't know i've been listening to my own music <laughs> a lot today which is like not a good not a thing you want to tell people but i'm like i
0: mean you gotta do I it do that I, you gotta do it
2: I, i'm i do it all i'm the time. like i just finished tracking a record and i feel like i'm in that period of like I want to hear this it's so cool. And then but I'm trying not That's to. That's a great feeling. Sometimes you listen to it too much and then you're like oh actually this is not cool at all. So, you know, Definitely. everything in moderation, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I love that feeling though. There like I don't know a week or two ago I just like made a little demo and then I was like listening to it obsessively, but I had to put it aside too cuz I was like <laughs> don't want to go overboard <laughs> on this.
2: <laughs> yeah. Then, like, your ears get married to the way it sounds, and then you like record it for real, and you're like, This isn't as good. And never, it's never as good (laughs) for me. Maybe it is for you, actually.
0: No, I I know what you mean. I definitely have demos like that where I'm like, I wish I could just put this out, but it's not actually that great, like, sonically. Part of
1: demos for me is like, I get so stoked about what they will be. And I like love how it sounds in that moment. And I know it's going to be so cool when they flush it out and it's never like, well, i not, not never, but it's like usually harder to actually flush it out. It takes a lot more work. It doesn't happen immediately. So like, I feel like that's where some of the magic gets lost. Is like in that like immediate sense of possibility with something. But I have all, I, I have all these demos right now of just like, just playing the same thing over and over and over again for like eight minutes And like, and like messing up like, like five times throughout and like remembering like what my, like what distracted me in each one. And I listen to that stuff. So that's, you know, like, that's embarrassing to talk about. But I, you know, like I, I'm trying to like, trying to figure out what everybody has to listen to their own stuff. I can't really imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And good to revisit old stuff as we, as we did here today it can be nice well thank you both so much for being on the podcast it was great to have you of
1: course thank you Anna. thank Thank you you for having us Anna
0: awesome and thank you everyone for listening bye (laughs) find adeline hotel and minor moon's music in the episode description you can find us on instagram at bad songwriter and on twitter at bad underscore songwriter if you're enjoying the show we'd love it if you could write a review that really helps us out and if you are interested in being on the show and have material for it you can email me at bad songwriter at gmail.com have a good week bye
1: Long to the tired plane, stretching each direction the same, under purple sky uncertain, I called your name. And I came upon a fountain of stone, the very same as on the shore back home. In my reflection, a
0: shimmering